Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually now in southern Taiwan. We're in Kaohsiung, and uh, we uh, arrived in Taipei, spent a couple of weeks there. Then we've been traveling on a loop around the island. I went down to Tainan, then Taichung, and then now we're in the southern Taiwan. We'll be heading to East Taiwan and then making a loop back into Taipei. So if you're interested in travel to Taiwan, make sure you check out our blog, social media, YouTube channel, and of course our podcast as well. And as we're traveling, we're continuing our journey to interview over 500 digital nomads and world travelers and travel bloggers. Right now we're at 450, and pretty soon, I would say in the next couple of months, at the rate we're going, we'll hit that magic 500 mark. So make sure you subscribe to get all the updates and all the notifications of our new episodes. We release a new episode on iTunes every single day. Yes, seven days a week, we release a brand new episode. So um, if you're interested in this whole area of uh, being a digital nomad, making money online and traveling the world, then uh, definitely subscribe and uh, keep up to date. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest. Uh, She's joining us from New York City. Her name is April Hope, and she's the founder of an amazing blog called Love, Lust, or Bust. And uh, what a cool name for a blog. Uh, Amazing domain name. We'll be finding out a little bit about the origin story of the name and about April's vision for her blog and, of course, her travels and some tips for you guys, maybe if you're starting out your blog as well. So, April, how are you doing over there in beautiful New York City? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast, and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I love my podcast, too. So, it's great to have a fan who's a guest on the show. So, April, we always start off a show, as you know, by finding out a little bit about the guest and hearing a little bit about their story and their background. So, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself, all of our listeners and viewers. Grew up with um, a big family, a lot of siblings, and um, I learned much, much later in life that my mother is terrified of flying, which is so funny to me. I did not know this. Um, my mother one day said to me, I don't understand you. Like, why do you travel so much? And I said, it was because of you. Um, when I was a kid, I was 11, 10 or 11, and I know my mother had very little money, but one day she saved up a hundred dollars and she chartered a tiny plane for our family for four hours. And that was one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me. Um, and I project about Amelia air, this woman that flew by herself and, uh, it was really exciting. So I wanted to travel. I watched movies and I read books about travel and Huckleberry Finn. And I would watch like Casablanca and, uh, the African queen and just, almost not even dare to dream that I could travel one day. And then I did, and it changed my life. It does change your life. Uh, travel uh, has this remarkable effect of really transforming you on a deep inner level. And, uh, you know, we love hearing the stories of how travel really changes your mind and your soul and your spirit. So tell us about uh, your own travels. So obviously uh, your mom and your family and your upbringing, uh, but in terms of your adult years, was it uh, you know, post-university in your 20s or 30s? Uh, tell us about when your own zest and zeal and passion for travel began. So um, my first trip was to Canada, and it was on spring break. All of the kids with more money went to Florida, Mexico, Cancun. 
Jamaica, but it was amazing. Um, and it just, I was inspired to travel more. Uh, um, uh, I, I didn't think I would ever be able to go to another country besides Canada. enough money to get a ticket to London. And it was New Year's Eve. It was my first day in a country. I was absolutely terrified. I was completely alone. But there was a girl next door to where I was staying, and she invited me to a party. And I got to this party, and there was this man there that was, I thought, absolutely gorgeous. And he was smooth and flirting with every girl there. And um, I teased him when I met him. And, well, we fell in love and got married. So not right away, but, but I was there on my vacation for almost a month and we became best friends. And I'd say six months later, we got married and we traveled together. So we are divorced now, but um, he's still a good friend. And um, it, it just, it, I mean, travel can be so romantic and so fun. And uh, I've met so many people around the world, but I have seen a lot of, women especially that are meeting people when they travel and not always being safe. So I started off um, as a freelance writer and I would write about how girls can stay safe while traveling to spring break or, you know, going to some exotic country and meeting a man. And uh, I started writing about how people can maybe make uh, some choices a little bit wiser so that they keep themselves safe. And um, one of the statistics I read not that long was that 49% of all marriages are, um, I don't know how true that is. It might have been done by something like Match.com or eHarmony. I don't know. But um, I just, I love traveling. I love romance, even though I, I don't really have time for romance because I work all the time. But um, I do like writing about it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, before we get into your travel blog, I want to hear about some of your travel adventures. So you mentioned, obviously, falling in love and getting married as your first major uh, travel adventure overseas. Uh, but uh, tell us about uh, some of the other major uh, travels in terms of countries and continents or any uh, lasting memories, any special stories. Uh, tell us more. Tell us more. Ah, uh, there's so many. Um, I was in uh, and so I had the most amazing year there. A lot of my travels at first, for the first like 10 or 15 years, I lived in other countries. Lived in Jamaica, London, um, quite a few places. But the last few years I've been traveling, it's more like a whirlwind travel. So I've just been able to stay in each place for a, kind of a short time, maybe a few days to a week at a time. Um, I was in Bali for a month, sharing with the evacuees from Mount Agoon when the volcano started acting crazy. Um, I stayed in a cave with a Rastafarian commune in Jamaica on a mountain, and they made me promise to never tell anybody where they are because they like being like secluded and they grow their own food. They lived in caves, but there was a waterfall that they bathed in. They, they, um, they made their own clothes. They had a church up there where they worshiped together. And there's probably about 60 people that live there. And that was unbelievable because um, the way I, I got to go there, they don't bring outsiders. And the, the way I got to go was that I used to, I lived in Negril and I rented a house, um, a little 
away from the resorts. And I used to go to Kingston like every weekend or every other weekend to go to their church. And their church is actually outside in downtown Kingston. And it's under something called the dreadlock tree. So they call it the dreadlock church. And they're Rastafarians that have been coming down for the weekends to, to preach and tell people about living a natural, beautiful life where you're loving each other and eating healthy and all of that. And I used to sit away. I wasn't like a, one of the tourists who go and try talk to the Rasta guys. Like I sat a little bit away where I could hear them. And one day I didn't know that I had missed the bus back to um, Negril, which was a few hours away. And the elder called me over and he asked me like, why do you come every week? Like, and where do you live? And I told him and I was going to just get a hotel, but they had a council meeting and they said I could come up with them. And a few of the women treated me like their baby sister and taught me things. I lived with them for a while. So it was pretty amazing. I stayed with Bedouin gypsies in Egypt in the desert uh, near Mount Sinai. I never climbed Mount Sinai, but I did stay at the base. So I've had some pretty fantastic experiences and with very little I did the opposite of you. I was in Sinai and I went down to the Red Sea, did some snorkeling, and I ended up climbing up to uh, the place where Moses supposedly got his Ten Commandments and uh, very, very, very cool pilgrimage. I did see the Bedouins. But I didn't oh, uh, do uh, what you did, the overnight stay. But uh, yeah, definitely an amazing part of the world. And I love talking about all these stories because it definitely inspires you to uh, see this amazing world. So you obviously are documenting a lot of your travels and you are telling these kind of stories on your blog. And it's, uh, like I said at the beginning, love, lust, or bust. So tell us about the origin of the blog and especially the name and some of the themes and topics you write about there, April. The name is so embarrassing to me. Um, I was trying for a few months to come up with a name, Wanderlust or, you know, like all these romantic names about romance and travel. And everything was taken, everything. And one day as a joke, I said, okay, for me, like, is it love? Is it lust? Or is it a bust? Like a catfish story. If you've ever seen the show Catfish, where you did them to be. People have stories like that. And there's a TV series that came after a movie called Catfish. It was on MTV for a while. And it was heartbreaking, but sometimes really funny. And I, I can say that because I've had some experiences like that. So um, I wanted to write about romance and travel. But since I, I wasn't in a relationship and wasn't really dating, I started out writing about like romantic fairy tale hotels and things like that. Um, and I strongly suggest that before someone they think about how you are going to feel every single time someone asks you the name of your website, because <laughs> I was always comfortable saying it after I chose that name out of frustration, um, because I met a woman who was 80 something years old and she asked me about the name of my website. And when <laughs> I told her, she said, well, that sounds like a porno site, <laughs> but it's not. Um, in a while, I might write something museums around the world. That time I write about romance. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I like the name because it, uh, it's a great talking point. Uh, you know, when people see something kind of unique, a little bit unusual, out of the ordinary, people are curious. Oh, how did you come up with the name? Tell us about the origin story. So it's a great talking uh, point at cocktail parties. So uh, you know, I, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the blog. Uh, so. Uh, you're talking about romance in terms of obviously your own 
journeys. Uh, but also, what tips and advice are you giving? Because it's a huge topic, that, uh, the area of love and travel. So uh, tell us a little bit more, like break it down uh, in terms of the different categories or themes or topics. I do have three, three sections on my blog. Um, one is love, one is bust. And so I love inviting other people, especially travel bloggers, travel influencers, but also just people who love to travel, who have, um, you know, their, their own careers, but they just love and feel a passion for travel. Um, and so a lot of times couples will come to me for advice on how to travel as a couple where I'm interviewing other people who travel a lot together and um, with their tips because I don't travel as a couple. It's been a long time since I've been divorced, you know, and my husband and I traveled and, and it was great, but it can be a little bit um, challenging to travel with somebody else. You have to have the same travel style. This blogger is in India, but she lives in America now and her husband doesn't even like to travel. And when he does, he's like a you know, five-star hotel and a very, a little bit more high maintenance. She likes to go camping. She looks like a supermodel, but she likes to go camping. And, um, and so they have really different travel styles. And she found out that once she plans all of the trips and all he has to do is show up and of course bring some money, then they have a great time together. So, um, you know, there are things that work for different people. I think the things that I like writing about the most is about how people can add romance by travel. Um, you know, doing things that are on their bucket list together and having adventure travel. Like if you've always wanted to jump out of a plane or go bungee jumping, but you've never quite had the courage to do it, brings you so much. So I do love writing about things like that too. Um, and the dating. It happens to me if you're going to meet somebody for the first time. Um, make sure you video chat. But I will do it. And if you don't want to video chat, at least have somebody take a picture with your name on it saying hi so that you know that that's them. Um, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm a travel blogger, so I'm surrounded by technology all the time. But I'm just so old. It's reluctantly because I need to, because I love sharing these stories with people. So, um, yes, uh, that's my tips for romance and travel. And uh, you know, one of the obvious hard things is that if you do meet someone uh, when you're traveling, they might be from Australia, you might be from North America, and you meet in Europe. <laughs> and Australia and North America are nowhere near each other, and you're met in Europe. So how can you keep the flame alive or do you just let it go? You meet and then you have this uh, before sunrise moment, you know, the before sunrise, before sunset kind of movies, Ethan Hawke and Drew Delphi kind of movie, and then you kind of part ways. Um, what would you suggest there if you meet someone on the road and you want to keep the love alive? What can you do? Normal. Normally when you meet somebody who's local, you get to go on dates, you can call each other, you fit each other in on the weekends if you can. With someone that's long distance, communication is crucial. You need to communicate and luckily we've got like freeways through WhatsApp or, you know, Skyping and things like that. But to actually have a date through Skype, 
or, you know, Facebook or something like that, but to actually have a date with the person and plan it, like plan a weekly, every other week or whatever you can do to fit it in your schedule where you can movie together. You can Netflix and chill like, you know, thousands of miles apart if you want to. Um, and to communicate more often. I'm not much of a texter. I type all day, every day. But texting is really important if you live far away from each other. You know, just to send a message saying, I'm thinking of you. Um, to suggest that you do something together that you're not physically together, but you can come back and say, I actually did this with my friends today. I've been seeing a movie that you wanted to see, um, you see it separately and then come back and talk about it afterwards. So there are things that you can do to keep the love alive. One thing is to figure out as much as possible in advance when you're going to see each other again. Because if you, if you can't see each other for a few months, I mean, not knowing when you will be together again is so painful. But when you know, okay, like, you know, um, all that's exciting. Um, the other thing is to figure out as soon as you can see each other is all, if time allows for it, if you have um, some flexibility with your, with your careers. Um, but find out how to travel cheaply. And on my website, lovelesterbus at AOL, uh, I'm sorry, lovelesterbus.com, you can find out how to get one penny flights. Not all the time. It's not easy. There are conditions, but I've gone to Trinidad, Jamaica, Mexico, and um, Venez was it Venezuela? One other country for one penny. And I went to there are conditions. Of course, they're going to charge you extra for extra luggage. You know, you have to go at o'clock in the morning to the airport. But I'm willing to make those um, sacrifices in order to get a one penny flight. It's worth it to me. Yeah, there you go. Nice little tease there, April. Uh, you're going to send a whole bunch of new traffic your way now from the podcast. People are going to be curious about getting that one penny deal. So the one cent deals, check out April's site for that. Uh, so in terms of the monetizing uh, angle, we covered this on a show in terms of income generation, travel blogging, how to make money online. Uh, tell us about some of the strategies you've uh, utilized to actually generate income through your blog and internet marketing. So in the beginning, I was traveling a lot and I, and a lot of people talk about teaching English and things like that. Um, I love one of my favorite jobs abroad that I've ever had. I was in a Bollywood film and oh, wow. not only was I an extra in a <laughs> I can barely pronounce it. It's called Mengal Pandey. I can't pronounce it, but it's The Rising with Amir Khan. And he is one of my favorite actors in the world. He's so amazing. And I don't quite know how I got this job. Um, to be honest, I think I was bullshitting. Um, I got a job as a casting director. And my job was to hire 200 men to play British soldiers. Now, that sounds like an amazing job but it is not easy in India to find 200 British looking men but I got to go to like the beaches of Goa and I went to Pune and I went to the touristy areas and I just asked men do you want to be in a movie and it was awesome it was a great job so um, there are lots of ways to make money um, so working abroad is one of them if you're able to you know work in another country legally um, what else um, oh I, one of my tips 
give someone to come with you and they have certain hours that they babysit for you that you and your partner and the kids are like and then the person like me would get like a free trip so that's something else I've done um, now I don't my blog full-time now um, I personally have a side hustle so I do a couple of gigs in the summer and then I love to travel during the winter because I cannot stand the cold in New York in the winter New York is amazing but it is freezing so um, I travel like uh, three six months sometimes eight months of the year but last year I went to like 36 countries and I work in the summer um, I work for an urban farming program which I absolutely love uh, I do that part-time and I'm like a host of a co-working space. So I get an office and I get, you know, money from doing that. And um, it helps a lot. Um, other things that I do, I mean, people know, I think about writing an ebook, but um, I've taught workshops around the world. I taught a workshop. My favorite, most popular workshop was how to become a blogger. And I did partly a writing workshop and partly how to actually make money as a blogger in Morocco. And that was one of my most fun workshops. So I do charge for that too. Um, consulting, being a coach. I know you've talked about um, a lot of these things before. Um, what else? Um, I wrote notes. Um, oh, sponsored posts, being a brand ambassador, affiliate marketing, freelance writing, um, public speaking, webinars, and coaching. So these are all the different ways that I make money. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, most of my guests uh, use that multiple streams of income approach and sometimes they are doing side hustles. Uh, I mean, consulting, coaching is a great, uh, you know, trade of uh, time for dollars. And you, you're, you're really creative in terms of this uh, Bollywood movies. Uh, out of our 450 guests, no one has yet told me that they made money by uh, working in a Bollywood movie. So you're the first. You're the first. Congratulations on that, April. So in terms of your, your advice. I wasn't even qualified. The man asked me, I'm sorry, I just was saying that when, when the person asked me, so have you ever worked in film before? And I said, yes, definitely. He didn't realize that it was only as an extra. And then he said, do you know Michael Jackson? And I was like, do I? So I think that's how I got the job. <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious uh, funny little backstory there so uh thanks for sharing uh, those uh you know uh creative ways the uh, very creative ingenious ways uh you know even what you mentioned like doing workshops and retreats overseas that's a great way because you can uh, do overseas retreat uh workshop then you can get locals and expats to attend but also we may uh, potentially people flying in or coming in from neighboring countries uh, so some great uh, business models there, April. So in terms of travel blogging, uh, you've done workshops in this. So obviously, uh, you're quite an expert in this area. You have a big following and, uh, 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 you know, multiple streams of income, et cetera. So for people who are just starting out uh, here in 2018, it's mid-July here, uh, people might be just, hmm, I see April, I see Ricky, I see all these travel bloggers, and they seem to be living the life, so to speak. How should I get started as a travel blogger? So what answer would you give that person who's wondering that, pondering that, thinking about that right now? I love when people ask me this because I never, I, I dreamed of going to college one day. I dreamed of living in New York. I never allowed myself to dream of being 
a travel writer and traveling around the world, this is unbelievable to me. I write a gratitude list every day and I'm just, I'm so thrilled that I get to do this. Um, you have to have passion for it. You know, I sometimes fall asleep at three o'clock in the morning with the laptop on my chest. I wake up every morning at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and I start working again. And it's something I would do even if I never made a penny from it. Because someone, there are so many people that helped me to learn how to travel with very little money, but to travel to the most beautiful places in the world. And so you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a specific niche or niche. I never know how to pronounce that word. Anyway, um, even if you are not able to travel as much, say you have a family and you have a career right now and you want to do this like part-time as a hobby until you start getting paid, which is what you should do. You shouldn't quit your job immediately. You know, it takes time. Um, but you can be like a micro-influencer for a local travel blog and, and talk about your community. And that's how you can get started. Um, learn to be an expert. Don't expect to be paid right away, but have a plan to get paid and to put that in place as soon as possible. I started it as a hobby blog, but I hated the word hobby blog. I wanted to get paid, but it was a hobby blog until I started getting an income. And um, I think people don't do a business plan. And if you're a blogger and you don't have a business plan, you're a hobby blogger, you know? Um, so have a business plan, a mission statement and an elevator pitch. Um, and remember that you sharing stories about your travels is not solving a problem. If you're solving the problem that your readers have of how they can travel too, you know, maybe sprinkle in stories that you have with advice for them, like concrete advice. One thing that I very rarely tell people, I strongly believe in the law of attraction. And when you think positively and you're excited about what you want your life to be like, it will happen. Um, but I can't tell that to people on the blog and say, hey, like, just think about Bali and you'll go. Like, I have to have a plan for them. So I give them, um, you know, tips on you know, use Skyscanner to get cheap flights and, you know, use couch surfing if you want to stay with people for free or hostels. I love hostels, even though I'm getting a little older, but I still love them. Um, learn to be an expert. And that means to have about 10,000 hours of just learn as much as you can. I don't just learn from the travel bloggers I respect and admire who are successful. I also learn from people who are failing at it. Nomadic Matt has a course that I'm in, Superstar Blogging. I joined Travel Blog Success and then he took over the course. And he, he talks about how he failed when he did his first ebook. That's a really helpful tip for me. Um, be consistent. Don't give up because if you give up in the first six months or a year, like many businesses fail within the first year. And for me, I knew going in, I would do this for the rest of my life, you know, um, without getting paid because I love it so much. Um, the networking for me has been unbelievably helpful. I have friends that are some of the most famous travel bloggers in the world. And a relationship, begging them to teach me all their secrets. I went in telling them, I'm a fan. You know, I love this particular article and I shared it on my pages and my social media and Facebook. And, you know, um, I'm always supporting people, whether they're just starting or whether they're like, you know, old timers who have been doing this for a while, who are experts. 
Um, and now, now that I'm at a point where I can ask someone, Hey, I have a new podcast. Um, and one of my podcasts is how to travel as a couple without killing each other. The other podcast is Tinder terrorists. Okay. Crazies and plenty of catfish. And I'm asking people to be on my podcast, you know, and they're saying yes, because they know I've been supporting them for many years. Um, let's see. I go to every conference I can go to. I go to meetups. I have a meetup called bloggers behaving badly. And I do that like about once a month when I'm in town. Um, and we just get together and talk and share tips. Um, I go to travel massive where a, a lot of people in the travel industry go all over the world. You can join travel massive for free. Um, I'm in a hell of a lot of Facebook groups. We comment on each other's blogs and we share and we, we like each other's, you know, blogs and, and, um, posts and things like that. So it's very, very supportive. I go to the women's travel fest, the New York travel fest that Ronnie Weiss does. I go to the New York times travel show, world travel market in London. Um, I'm going to travel con in September. Nomadic Matt's doing that. And it is an amazing lineup of guest speakers. I can't wait. I'm also going to travel um, Bloggers Exchange, which is called TBEX. Um, I interview people as much as possible, everyone. I, um, I love hearing people's stories, whether they're influencers or just travel lovers like me. Um, I do roundups. And when I do a roundup, and that's like, um, I write about some of my favorite bloggers. And one, one article that I did was called um, Badass Black Blogger, Blogger Babes All White Chicks Need to Follow. And that got me more views than, and shares than anything I've done on my site. So yeah, just write about the people that you admire and respect. Um, go to meetups, go to workshops. And oh, one other tip. I started a writing workshop 18 years ago. I had no business starting it. I didn't even have my bachelor's degree at that point. And I started it because I wanted to be with a group of women where we could support each other. And now I've been running um, workshops for women for, for for like almost 20 years. Um, I started a meetup group for travelers, for travel bloggers. And I had almost zero followers at the time that I started the meet on Facebook. And people who are famous bloggers come, some people are just starting, some people who didn't even have a blog. And I had um, the head of the South African Tourism Board came. And because I have this group of bloggers, he invited me and other bloggers to go to South Africa. So you can start like with, you know, really do some networking and um, expand your followers. We share followers. If I interview somebody, like their followers will see me and mine will see them. And, and uh, yeah, we just help each other. Oh, one final thing. Um, two final things. One is be memorable. I wear crazy jewelry and hats when I go to these events. And I've had people in different countries tell me that they met me in a different country because of my jewelry and my craziness, my crazy hats that I wear. And they, you know, especially travel influencers. I had somebody at the New York Travel Festival in April. I met her in Ireland and she said there were 500 people at TBEX in Ireland, the Travel Bloggers Conference. And she said, you stood out because of your hat and your jewelry. Um, and finally, I, branding is so important. I travel around New York on a, an electric bike, like the delivery guys use. And it looks like a little moped and it is covered with jewelry, completely covered with silver and gold jewelry. My helmet has a tiara on it. 
I get stopped on every single corner and every red light. And my bike is way more famous on Instagram than my blog is. But I have a business card holder on the back of the bike. And you can do this with a bicycle. It doesn't have to be like a moped, but branding is key. So on the back, I have the business card holder. And when I'm not there, people come and they want to take pictures and they take a business card. So it's a great way to like spread the word. That was phenomenal. That was phenomenal, April. I'm going to tell the listeners and viewers one thing. Push rewind, go back uh, two, three minutes and absorb everything that April said. That's definitely <laughs> some amazing info uh, from very practical, uh, you know, years of experience on April's part. Uh, so definitely I highly recommend take those notes and apply what April was saying. Don't just say, oh, that was great. But definitely apply what she's saying. Uh, you know, start your meetups, go to those conferences, network, uh, support, build your brand. Uh, you know, be uh, the Purple Cow. There's a great uh, book uh, which basically says stand out. Uh, whether that's jewelry, whether that's the funky hats, whether that's always wearing the same color, uh, whether that's just uh, you know maybe a, some some bling 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 or some uh, crazy shirts or something that will make you stand out from the crowd and be the purple cow, so to speak. So uh, some phenomenal, uh, you know, wisdom on April's part there. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Great job. Great job, April. Uh, so my final question I have for you, April, uh, as I do with most of my guests is the future. Pull out that crystal ball and let us know what is the future holding in store for you in terms of life, dating, romance, work, business, blogging, and more. Romance is put on hold for now. Um, I have a lot going on and I'm excited. And if and when it happens, and it will happen, law of attraction, um, hopefully it will be someone who loves traveling like me. Um, as far as the blog, I am starting the podcast now. I'm starting a bunch of interviews. If you'd like to be interviewed, you can contact me at lovelusterbust at AOL.com or on lovelusterbust.com. And I would love to have you on the show um, about travel tips or dating or traveling as a couple, romance, love, dating. Um, and I'm working on um, two different ebooks. One of them is about my struggles with food addiction and traveling and how I'm able to um, overcome that. And the other thing is just about um, travel tips for people who would love to be bloggers. So. And I wanted to say thank you so, so much for having me today. It's been really fun. I enjoy interviewing people, but being in the hot seat is a whole other ball game, and it helps me understand how people feel when, when they're being interviewed. So thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I need a copy of your, of your ebook, by the way, because I'm here in Taiwan and uh, it's evening here. And I just went to a night market, and it's so hard in Taiwan to avoid the street food and the delicious uh, night, night market uh, cuisine. So I need to grab that copy of the ebook because it's so challenging to cut back on the food when you're in Italy and the pasta all around you, or when you're in Mexico and there's tacos aplenty, or if you're here in Southeast Asia and it's a delicious Asian uh, street uh, food uh, scene. So uh, a great book and uh, you know, even the other one about travel blogging, two phenomenal books. Uh, so April, uh, you know, you said thank you. I got to say a big thank you back to you, or as they say locally here, Shishi. So thank you everyone for tuning in from uh, around the world. Uh, make sure you connect with April. Her blog is once again, Love, Lust or Bust, and I'll have the links to her podcast, 
her social media and more. So you can connect with April. If you're watching YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube description. And if you're listening on iTunes or the podcast directories, they'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so make sure you connect with April. Make sure you connect with us. We're daddyblogger.com. And if you're interested in me at Digital Nomad, we have uh, digitalnomadmastery.com as well. And we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Happy travels.